this episode, Richard Seaver music director James Conlon walks us through the history, the plot, and of course the music of Highway 1 USA by William Grant Still. Don't miss this rarely performed one-act opera featured in our upcoming double bill. Tickets are on sale now at laopera.org. I want to introduce you to an opera by a very significant American Black composer, William Grant Still. It's called Highway 1 USA. It is interesting that William Grant Still expressed the desire to write about the lives of simple people. This is almost word for word what Giacomo Puccini said about his own operas. I write about the tragedy of little souls. This is why it's relevant today. Relevant because in its simplicity, it touches on the very basic issues that so many of us confront in our daily lives. Now, this is a very special moment, certainly for me, and I think also for Los Angeles Opera. We're going to do for the first time an opera by one of the most important African-American composers, William Grant Still, who was referred for a long time as the dean of African-American composition, that he moved to and spent the last 30 years of his life in Los Angeles has nothing to do with the fact that we've decided to produce one of his operas. But it is an irony in the city where he lived and produced so much of his work. We don't hear enough of his music. I've spent many decades enmeshed in the music of the composers who were banned in the period of Nazi Germany. And I learned one thing, that you can walk right past significant music and not know what you're missing. I was 40 years old before I discovered for myself how important not just Alexander Zemlinsky was, but many other composers from that period. Well, I'm the age that I am now, and for the first time, I'm discovering a very different voice in William Grant Still. I am a neophyte when it comes to William Grant Still. I have to say with full humility that this is my first experience conducting his music. But I am very excited to discover something, a, a different personality, a different language, and to be able to perform it for the first time at this point in my life. Now, how did we miss him? Well, it is similar in a certain way to the experience of what we call the recovered voices, composers from the Nazi era. These were compositions that were set aside not because there was an objective standard being employed. Where some, this is not good music. This is bad. We don't want to hear it. We don't think it deserves to be played. No, it was set aside for reasons of genocidal racism, that of the Nazi regime. Now, the circumstances of William Grant Still's life and Alexander Zemlinsky uh, have nothing in common. But that being said, there's a similarity in the situation. The situation is that William Grant Still was held back constantly during his life by racial prejudice, which kept him from the vast recognition that his music deserved and that he deserved. Now, he wasn't without recognition, but it was not commensurate with his abilities. He was a very disciplined 
conservative composer living in a time where conservatism was not necessarily appreciated in American classical music. When you consider that in the course of his life, 1895 to 1978, he wrote over 200 works, solo instrumental works, chamber music, art songs, choral works, 30 of them, four ballets, five symphonies, nine operas. That is a very prolific composer. And I should say something about the first of those symphonies, which is known as the Afro-American Symphony. This was a piece that was, up until 1950, was performed more than any other symphony written by an American composer. There's no reason whatsoever why that should not be standard fare for every orchestra. And I believe that that moment is, is now coming again, where the music of William Grant Still is on our radar in a very big way. The opera we are producing is called Highway One USA. And it is a work that I think embodies some of his greatest principles, those of dramatic purity, harmonious melodic music that at the same time addresses moral questions, and most of all, recounts the story of normal quote-unquote, people. In other words, it's a story, the story that takes place in a little house of a man who has a gas station. And he, his wife, and his brother are the center of the drama. So this can be said to be a work about America and about contemporary life. But I think that this story could happen anywhere. And I think that its humanity has a universality about it. Sometimes when listening to Still, I think to myself, now, am I hearing any other composer in this, or is this reminiscent to me of anything? Now, he's using his own musical idiom, which is the idiom that is born of the blues and of uh, the music of the black community. But it reminds me slightly of Puccini. And so we have all of those beloved Puccini operas that had as their goal something I think very similar to William Grant Still, and what we can see in the story of a man and his wife who take care of the man's ne'er-do-well brother because of a promise he made to his mother on her deathbed. Now, sometimes when one finds the right book at the right moment in your life, it opens a door. And I have to start by expressing my gratitude by a book called I Dream a World, by Beverly Soul, which is devoted to the operas of William Grant Still. I'm going to quote from it because I think that the information that I gleaned from this is very helpful of putting Still's music and this opera in particular in a context. Now, William Grant Still can count amongst his mentors some great names, Leopold Stokowski, Edgar Varese, the French composer, and also Howard Hansen, composer and conductor, and a man who made an enormous contribution to contemporary music to 20th century America. These are the words of Howard Hansen. William Grant Still came on the American scene at a time when the new music of America was being born. Into this melting pot of the new America, the America of the upcoming 20th century came this new composer bringing with him the rich heritage of a race which in the past had had only slight opportunity to make its contribution to the music of America. William Grant still brought to music a new voice, 
a voice filled with lovely melodies, gorgeous harmonies, insidious rhythms, and dazzling colors. But it was new music deeply rooted in the great traditions of the past. Now, that makes me think of Antonin Dvorak, who, fully accepting classical music as the form of music, poured his Czech soul into the grammar and syntax of the predominantly German music-making culture of 19th century Europe. William Grant Still respects the conventions of classical music, but he pours his individual soul into those forms. In other words, there's content and there's form. The form is conventional and classic, but the content is William Grant Still. Just to put Highway 1 into some context of Still's operatic output, it started in 1934 with an opera called Blue Steel. 1939 is an opera called Troubled Island. 1941, A Bayou Legend. 1942, A Southern Interlude, an opera that he did not complete, and this will become the model for Highway 1. 1950, Costazzo, 1951, Mota, 1956, The Pillar, 1958, Minette Fontaine, and finally 1962, Highway 1 USA, and that's the revision of a southern interlude. Now, you may notice that there were moments of intense concentration on opera, and then the, the periods get longer between those operas. These intervals are a reflection of the obstacles that still had faced and the doors that were kept closed to him all that time. Again, quoting from Beverly Soule's book on Still's operas, in a 1961 article exploring his creed as a composer, Still offered three points in summation. One, I would say these things. Music's true function is greater than that of merely expressing harsh and uninteresting sounds. Two, the new is not necessarily better than the old. Three, Intellect isn't always more desirable than emotion, and unintelligibility can never supplant simplicity and understandability. So, never an elitist, still succinctly defined the essence of a composer who valued simple stories about simple people, saying, quote, For my part, I write to please the people who will eventually hear the music, and I am happiest when this has been accomplished. The operas of William Grant Still were an integral part of his life. Their plots and stories reflected in many cases his feelings and his fight for justice, as well as his vision of good and evil. The operas are invested strongly with his spirituality, as may be seen from the solemn inscription handwritten into many of the scores. With humble thanks to God, the source of inspiration, William Grant Still. Very similar to Deo Grazia, which was to be found at the end of so many works of Franz Josef Haydn. Amazing to me that I never saw an opera by William Grant Still and did not hear any of his orchestral music until very recently. And that's why it is very meaningful for me that I'm able to bring it to you. So once again, excerpted from Beverly Soul's marvelous book, I Dream a World, a quick synopsis of the story of Highway 1 USA. Bob and his wife, Mary, operate a gas station along Highway 1. For years, the prophets have gone to educate 
Bob's younger brother, Nate, in accordance with a deathbed promise to his mother. Nate is about to graduate from college, and Mary is joyful, believing that Nate's graduation means an end to their sacrifices. She is horrified when Bob tells her that they must continue to support Nate until he makes a place for himself in the world. The second part is a year later. Nate is still living with Bob and Mary, having made no attempt to find work or to help them at the station. Bob sadly tells Mary that their sacrifices have been for nothing. Nate's callous aria, What Does He Know of Dreams?, shows that he has overheard their conversation. Egotistical and stupid, Nate tries to make love to Mary, but she laughs at him. Enraged, he seizes a knife from the table and stabs her. Hearing Mary's screams, Bob rushes in. Aunt Lou runs for the sheriff, who takes Nate away. In the final moments of the opera, Bob kneels at Mary's side, and they promise each other a happier future. A story that can resonate with many of us on many levels. Still wrote, Our original idea in writing this work was to have it done in ordinary American street clothes, nothing elaborate, because this is, after all, a simple story of plain people who are merely aspiring to the higher things in life. Early in May 1963, the Los Angeles Wilshire Press announced the upcoming debut. Presentation of a new American opera, Highway One USA, with music by the American composer William Grant Still and libretto by Verna Arve, will mark the climax to the Festival of Contemporary International Music at the University of Miami. Even the New York Times reported the premiere, noting an audience of a thousand gave Dr. Still a standing ovation at the end of the opera. Although the work was rejected by publishers, the opera continued to be solicited for performances. Between 1967 and 1980, the performance log maintained by Werner Arve following the composer's death in 1978 records performances of the opera by college and civic opera groups coast to coast. The performance log notes, December 3rd, 1977, Highway 1 USA was performed by Opera Ebony at the Beacon Theater, Broadway at 74th Street, New York City. According to the program, this New York premiere of Highway 1 USA marks the debut performance of National Opera Ebony's local center, Opera Ebony, New York. The New York Times reported, Opera Ebony a national organization to create performance opportunities for black opera singers presented its debut production Saturday night at the Beacon Theater, William Grant Stills, Highway 1, USA. The New York Amsterdam News observed that following the premiere of Troubled Island by New York City Opera in 1949, quote, New York had to wait 28 years for the production of another still opera. The composer has created a work for the musical theater which gives a great deal of pleasure. It is musically conservative, filled with lovely melodies, and orchestrated with his characteristic technical skill. A year after the Opera Ebony's success, the New York Times announced the composer's death. William Grant Still, Dean of Black Classical Composers, died Sunday, December the 3rd, in a nursing home in Los Angeles. He was 83 years old. William Grant still dreamed a world in which his operas, the compositions he loved best, would be heard in the major opera houses of the United States. 
a goal toward which he devoted most of his career. Yet the world he dreamed, that of recognition as an operatic composer, remained unfulfilled in his lifetime. In spite of these obstacles, Sill remained committed to his art as a composer of serious music, and in part through the help of the Guggenheim Fellowships and the musical mentors such as Howard Hansen, Edgar Varese, Leopold Stokowski, began to make his name for himself, particularly with his larger instrumental works. His Afro-American Symphony of 1930 continues to reign as the quintessential contribution by an African-American to 20th century standard repertoire. Still left Manhattan for Los Angeles early in his career and never looked back. He married Verna Arve, a Jewish writer and pianist, in 1939, a marriage that lasted until his death on December 3, 1978. Still's professional relationship with Arve began before their marriage, when she was employed as his press secretary, and it evolved into her becoming the librettist for his last six operas. As was observed, in many respects, they, Verna and Billy, referring to William Grant Still, together as one unified whole, they bore their cross, wailed at the wall, and strove to bring about the ideal society constituting the true American democracy. The following statement from the oft-quoted 1967 article draft sums up Still's philosophy as an operatic composer. A genuine creator will not permit himself to be told what to write and how to write it, nor will a genuine American opera ever be conceived and developed in a mold some non-creator has set for it. This, to date, has been one of the difficulties with our operatic ventures, that so often our composers follow along the path on which some other successful composer has led them. No one should expect every composer to write like every other composer, for only when each one writes according to the dictates of his own individuality, rather than following a leader, will we have music that is both worthwhile and new. At that point, American opera can and will become a part of American life, provided it has something to say to Americans and provided its quality is such that it will add to the world's cultural resources. William Grant still chose not to be modern in a century that prided itself on modernism. He chose to write non-elite music in the most elite of musical forms, creating operas about simple people, often sharing his perceptions of justice and morality in the process. The tide began to turn for re-evaluation of Still's operatic work, not only because the issue of racism was changing, but also because, as the November 25, 1974 Time article noted, being up to date does not seem quite as important as it once did. The article concluded that this opera could have been neglected for so many years testifies to the cruel, often mindless vagaries of musical fashion in the U.S. throughout the past generation or two. This is James Conlon, music director of Los Angeles Opera. I hope we'll see you especially at Highway 1 USA by William Grant Still. Don't miss this rarely performed one-act opera featured in our upcoming double bill. Tickets are on sale now at laopera.org. If you enjoyed listening to LA Opera's Behind the Curtain, subscribe and leave a rating or review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends on your favorite social media, and we'll see you at the opera.